Content warning. Mentions of death and indigenous persecution. Hello and welcome back to the Billy Shears Club. I'm your host, Caleb Clark, and with me today we have the lovely Jordan Nee. Jordan, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on again. This is going to be a fun time. I can already tell. Yeah, glad to have you back. And it will definitely be a fun time because we've got fun songs for y'all today. We have on the docket Escape by Journey and Witch Queen of New Orleans slash Message from a Drum by Redbone. So, uh, Jordan, why don't you start us off with a little bit there on Journey? Oh, sure thing. And, like, I'm sure everyone's heard about Journey. Um, and, uh, if you don't know them from anything else, it's probably Don't Stop Believing, which uh, is on this album. Actually, it's the very first track of it. Uh, and apparently, like, it was popular at its time, for sure. Like, uh, it did get to uh, number nine on the Billboard Hot 100 singles. However, its greatest popularity uh, showed up later when it was apparently, like, 2009. It was, like, the most bought uh single song on spotify like it uh it's definitely become even more popular as time has gone on but journey uh obviously was around before that they first started in like 1973 and this album didn't come out until uh i this album didn't come out until uh 19 uh uh 1981 so like they uh uh, Journey had been like doing a whole bunch of, uh, they'd been doing some songs, doing some frontline for like, uh, some more, uh, for some more famous bands and stuff like, um, oh shoot, I miss, I miss it. I'm totally blanking on that, but like, uh, Leonard Skinner and those sorts of people and stuff. But um, they were sort of like figuring their stuff out. They were changing some people around. Like they, their lead vocalist changed a couple times. They had some changing like guitarists and writers and stuff. So they were really figuring themselves out in the 70s, but in the in the early 70s, but in the late 70s and 80s, especially early 80s, that's when they really started to like change things up to be a more pop sort of uh, musical style uh, than what they used to be. And they became... A, uh, they came to their height of popularity in the early 80s, like 81 to 83 is when they got really big. And Escape was an album that really shot them into the mainstream big time. It was their seventh album, and it was uh, it was very popular. It, uh, it had four hit Billboard Hot 100 singles, and it topped the American Billboard 200 chart at one point. So it's... Uh, it was really successful, and it's definitely what what uh, made them what they are in the pop consciousness, in the popular consciousness of uh, American music. Yeah, very cool. I, I will say, once you once you said that it got a resurgence in popularity in two thousand nine, I had a sneaking suspicion, so I did a quick Google search, and my worst fears were confirmed. Glee cover. Glee cover. <laughs> oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. I mean, it, it would be Glee, but like, you know, I think that's a positive thing they did because Don't Stop Believing is a bop and I will scream built it every time it comes on. 
I don't care. I don't care where I am. I don't care if it's a funeral. I don't know why you play it at a funeral. But I would scream though if it came on. This is just so much fun. But yeah, so that's uh that's a little bit about journey. I really encourage you to look up some more of it yourself. Um I will uh research isn't exactly my top skill. But if I could even get you a little bit interested into looking into more of the band and to check out some more of their songs, because, you know, like, I, I personally feel when you look into some of the albums of, like, famous bands and stuff, whether they be from the 60s, 70s, 80s, or even now, and all that stuff, like, you find a lot of cool songs that, like, they don't, uh, that aren't as commonly known or aren't as commonly played, especially, like, say, on radio or stuff. Um, that really should be looked back into. And I'll definitely be commenting some of those as we go through this, but I definitely say check out Journey, check out their heh, journey um, for becoming uh, just like a sideshow, an opener that was kind of finding their way along into um, yet another one of the famous greats of the 80s. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good segue to go ahead and get into it. Let's see. Those songs that you speak of, and like, uh-huh, I guess a good yeah. place to start is, of course, "Don't Stop Believing," the one you'll scream at a funeral. Not, not my funeral. Don't stop uh, yeah. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, you know what? It should be on. It should be played at my funeral. I should put that in my will. Good. good. I'll, I'll, I'll make a note. I'll make a note. I'll make a, making a note of that one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, sorry. Like, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, this is, of course, classic. You know, you got your big Steve Perry, of course, with the pipes. You know, he's got the very strong, athletic, earnest vocals. Basically, if Luke Skywalker could belt, I feel like, ah. sort of his persona. <laughs> and he's just out here singing about the power of love and with the big, you know, the basic pops with your pop song chords and all the big guitars and the piano riffs. It's just a really nice pop song. Really good sort of power rock. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I could hardly say it better myself. I love that. I love that uh, if Luke could belt, if Luke Skywalker could belt. It really does feel that way. Like, it's interesting. If I were to say there is a theme for Escape, it really is, like, power of love, like, pushing on through despite all the difficulties, despite how hard life is and how much can really be keeping you down. Like keep trying to hold on to those you love. And, uh, and you know, like that's, that's what really matters. And don't stop believing definitely has that theme in the song. That's also just got a, it's got a really fun chorus. It's got, it's, it's poppy, but in my opinion, in all the best ways, you know, it gets you excited. It's fun. And uh, it's it's memorable for good reason. Yeah. Let's see. Right, do you want definitely? Yeah. Do you want to do like a track by track, or do you just want to like jump around to songs that were really notable or like you really liked her? You know, that's a that's a fair question. Um. Uh. Do you have a personal preference? I could definitely do either. I think maybe jump around to songs that I particularly like. Would, yeah. Could be yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, because there's a there's a lot of songs uh, on this album. There's ten songs, five on the first track, five on the second one, and I don't know if I want to talk about every single one. I will say, um, 
I will say personally, one that I think uh, that should get more attention that uh, mm-hmm. doesn't as much as should is uh, Mother Father. Um, I really like that one. Um, is, I don't know, I kind of, it, it also had that like, sim- it has a somewhat similar quality to Don't Stop Believing, like some of that, like, Belty just like really getting into it, really like passionate, uh, seeing the, the lyrics and stuff. Harry, as Steve Perry, of course, doing a fantastic job. But like, I don't know, I really liked how family uh, oriented that particular song was. And I feel like there should be more, I don't know, just more songs about families making it together. Making it through together. So like that's I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of encouraging, inspiring in a way that I kind of like. Yeah, definitely. It is definitely one of the most notable ones. I would say like if I were comparing it to Stop Believing, Mother Father is a bit closer to like a power ballad. And it definitely mm. feels a lot more serious because you know, Don't Stop Believing is like portraits of people meeting up on a train, and then it's just like power. But this is like a story of a family that's falling apart, and he's like the kid trying to keep it all together. That's like it woofs you. But oh, oh yeah, no, this one's definitely much heavier, much more serious, and I like that. I like how some of these songs like really are kind of like, like oh shoot, like you guys are talking about the <laughs> difficult stuff of like how it's hard, like life is hard. It's hard to keep up with like like bills and difficulties or like families fall apart and struggle and like you know they'll like fight and struggle with each other like it's it's not all feel good which i was kind of which uh i was surprised by given how i don't know given the pop rock nature of this album and this band in their zone but uh mother father kind of hits that sweet spot for me of like it's got that but it's also like Got some heft to it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel that those dips into heaviness, and we'll probably talk about them a few more times, but it definitely adds credence to what can be seen as the power of love aspect on their, like, big singles. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, if it was, if everything was just sort of that don't stop believing level, it would come off really saccharine, I would say. But, oh. like, with these songs are like, nah, sometimes things are hard. Like, it makes you a bit more like that optimism being able to pull them through. Oh yeah, no, totally. I think I think that being able to sort of acknowledge mm-hmm. how rough life is and can be makes the optimism mm-hmm. more effective and, uh, and sort of more resonate more. Like, I, I agree with what you're saying. Totally. Like, if it was all just like, yay, then I'm just going to be just not for me. But um, I, I, I will say, like, uh, I, I want to say mostly positive things about this album because I really like this album. But yeah. for some reason, I just remember who's crying now. Just yeah. the fact that it was... The fact that who's crying it now made it to number four in the Billboard Hot 100 when it uh, came out. And like, so it's like, it's one of their most successful songs, at least at the time it came out. <laughs> for me, I felt it was quite overrated. It did not, it did not do it for me really as much as many of the other songs. Right. Personally, I don't know if, uh, if you liked it, that's totally cool. And if other people like it, awesome. But I guess, I don't know. It just, it didn't, uh, didn't strike me in any sort of way. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I actually 
I actually sort of liked it, but I can, but I would also recognize that it's because of the way my music appreciation brain is wired, like, I skew more towards sour critic mode than, like, and so this this appeal so who's crying now which is much more cynical it's like it's a big breakup one and also with just the way that the strong sort of flows and structures it's a bit more like a Fleetwood Mac song I felt in a way like just that sort of loopy looping flowing everything sort of going in a circle type of motion to the song as opposed to most of it, where it's the very upbeat, punchy uh, 80s rock. Like, that was probably a big contributing factor. And also just, it had a nice piano part on the end. Like, I like that piano part. That is fair. So, and I, and I, didn't, I didn't really think about that. And, you know, I, I think I'm going to check it out again and give it another chance. Yeah. Because you're definitely, you're definitely making me think, like, hmm, maybe I, maybe I haven't been so fair to this song. I I should definitely give it another shot because those are some good points. Yeah, that's fair. It's definitely the it's definitely one of the outliers on the album. I would say it is an album. It is. Speaking of outliers, another one would probably be Dead or Alive, which is like this very quick paced character song, and it's about like some assassin who's like a really cool dude, but then he <laughs> spoilers he gets murdered at the end because he didn't think about the consequences of his life, and it's like. I yeah, guess that was an interesting one. <laughs> Definitely not power of love in that one out. Yeah. That, that one was interesting. I, I, I found it I found it to be a pretty pretty fun break mixing things up with that one. Totally uh I um again though I understand uh totally fair if you have different feelings or thoughts about it, like I know. Thought was, I thought that ending was kind of funny in a sort of way. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was fine. It it was definitely. It was just noteworthy. It's definitely not the most jarring murder song that we've had on the show. Because like, it still sort of fits in their framework. Because it's like about how you know, sort of the moral consequences of the life of being a hired gun, as opposed to another song that we had earlier on with Smackwater Jack, which was, like, more of a revenge song, and, like, I'd have to look back at the lyrics, but it felt almost happy-go-lucky, whereas this one is very heavy, like, you know, don't murder people, kids. <laughs> so, so it's gonna come back to bite you. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, like, even the songs about murder, I guess, like, uh, kind of have a, maybe not wholesome, but, like, uh, <laughs> Like a good message for the kids back home. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I would also say "Keep on Running" was um, was a song I personally liked a bit. I, I related that to that one a bit of like it was that one was less about love I felt and more of like like just you know keep persevering in life even even when like stuff is really just breaking you down and I I feel that is. Like, sometimes, you know, that can just be, like, keep running on a treadmill sort of situation where it doesn't help and you're just stuck at what you're doing and you just keep doing the same thing. But I felt more of an encouragement from the song of just, like, no, I can keep going and things can get better if I'm able to stick through it long enough. Yeah. 
gonna put prepare myself. That's a good summary. I, I, also, I only add on would just be that it's a very jamming, mildly Van Van Halen-ish sort of just full rocker with lots of cool riffs and a nice guitar solo. So it was just good to have. Yeah, it's a good time. Is there uh, any more of their, uh, any more of the songs of this album you'd like to talk about? I could definitely talk a little bit more, but it would also be uh, cool to move on to the Red Yeah, I would, like, if I were just with it, like, once uh, Escape, that was a little bit silly, but it was sort of a fun rebellion anthem, sort of amps itself up. Uh, Lay It Down, that was a fun song about just going to a party. And then yeah. it ends, of course, with Open Arms, which is their big, big power ballad. And that that was cheesy, uh, but, you know, you have to end the album that way. Open Arms is cheesy, but fun, totally. I, and I would also like to throw out Stone in Love. Like, that one was also kind of like, oh, I'm a cynic. And uh, I don't I don't really like being vulnerable and opening myself up. But like, oh, but I can't help but uh, fall in love with this person. It's like... Yeah, classic little thing. Oh, oh, journey. They just, oh, they just got big hearts. They just, they do got songs. And it's like, and like, I, I feel like my overall takeaway from the album is like, it, it gets towards cheesy, but it doesn't quite get there. Like, it's fun and it's optimistic, and uh, it's a. It's a pretty good one to jam out to if you're feeling like a pick-me-up sort of thing, or you're feeling a bit energetic for your music. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's good. To... All right. I would, I would love to talk about uh, uh, your selection, my friend, as well. All right, let's get into Redbone. So, this is the Redbone as a band. Basically started off as the project of two brothers, Pat and Lolly Vegas. Uh, they're uh, sort of multiracial descent of Yaqui, Shoshon, and Mexican ethnicity. Uh, started off sort of in the 60s as a duo who were in the music business, going around playing surf music at different clubs uh, in Southern California and Vegas. Also, like, worked as songwriters and and sort of studio musicians and whatnot. Apparently they have they did stuff with like Tina Turner, Sonny and Cher, James Brown, Little Richard, and Elvis, apparently. But then towards the end of the sixties, uh one of their friends, Jimi Hendrix, was like, Hey guys, it would be really cool if there was like a Native American rock band running around. And so they're like, Oh, that's a good idea. And so they talked to a few people and managed to put this group together called Redbone, which is like sort of a term it's a Cajun term for someone of mixed race, referring to them being uh, Yaki and Shoshone and Mexican. And so they started putting out like sort of psychedelic rock albums and whatnot. Lots of very sort of late 60s type stuff, as, as this one is. Uh, the had a minor hit with one of the songs from here, Witch Queen of New Orleans, about Marie Laveau. And just apparently played at one of the first Earth Day festivals. In 1973, they put put out a few albums. 1973, they put out a song called We Were All Wounded at Wounded Knee, which caused some controversy because, like, it was a song about indigenous history, and it was the 70s, so 
it got banned from a lot of radio stations. But it was pretty popular in uh, Europe, actually. Like, it went to number one in the Netherlands and it charted in several countries over there, but not over here. Then afterwards, uh, 1974, of course, they managed to put out Come and get your love. Which is one of their big jams. And it's huge hit. goes to number five on the Billboard Hot 100. And at that point, uh, they managed to do a bunch of touring in the mid-70s. But then after, after that, they start to sort of sell out. They go in more of a pop direction by leaning a lot more on disco and very polished R&B. As opposed to like the psychedelia and like different styles that you hear in their earlier albums, and they managed to put about put out really about two more original things. Most of the the members sort of drift apart. Like a couple of them joined this one group that was apparently called Bim Bam. The Vegas Brothers together for a while. They run around, do different stuff. I think they haven't really been able to. Yeah, it looks like they were never really able to reunite, although there was apparently an imposter band that went around trying to get shows as Redbone despite not having any of the members in it. And that was sort of their legacy. And then, of course, they got their big bump with uh, Guardian of the Zoom of the Galaxy. And that's the Redbone story. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, It's really cool to learn about... Uh... To learn about the history behind, uh, even just that particular song, but the band itself too. Like it's, yeah. When, um, they were like one of, uh, like maybe the first or one of the most popular ever, like native, uh, Native American bands, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think like I'd have to double check, but I think they're like the highest charting indigenous group in U.S. history. That is crazy. Like. Uh, yeah. Good for them, and uh, it's a very, it's very interesting. The that's wild that they, uh, but they, the two brothers knew Jimi Hendrix and like yeah. all the connections with that. Fascinating story. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah, no problem. So then let's get into West Queen of New Orleans slash Message from a Drum, which is 1971. So this is pretty early on. This is back when they were very into psychedelic jam rock and sort of swampy R&B and that sort of thing. So yeah, I guess like same thing as last time, we can just go for favorite tracks or tracks that you found really notable. What would you say? Um, I mean, well, I would say uh, the one that immediately jumps out to me that uh, was my personal favorite is indeed the one that got mildly popular, The Witch Queen of New Orleans. This like, <laughs> I, I really like that one. It was, it had a, the, the lyrics were, uh, we're fine. Like she's, uh, she'll cast a spell on you. All that stuff. Talking about the, talking about this voodoo queen. Mary, uh, what was it? Mary Larue? Uh, Marine Laville. Marine Laville. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's just uh, the atmosphere of it was really, really interesting and cool. Like um, I, I really enjoyed just the whole, the whole vibe of it was. Uh, was really drew me into the song and uh i i'm a big fan of it i would definitely recommend listening yeah definitely yeah that's one of my favorites 
Yeah, definitely, definitely one of my favorites as well. It's got the the really good hook. And it's got that very swampy groove. Brings to mind like sort of queer credence, but really like Doctor John and the other sort of gospel, sort of not gospel, sort of blues, sort of not blues types that were running around mm-hmm. right as the '60s were turning into the '70s. It's just this very low-key, eerie one about you know. Woo! I, I will say the, the the sometimes the the little strings that they would throw in to make it more eerie those got a little those were a little cheesy it was like come on guys come on come on <laughs> but overall really good time really nice yeah. well, what would you say is a favorite standout one of yours if I had to pick just one favorite uh, mine will probably be more Niji trance which is like the big psychedelic jam rock. It's got all the different hooks and chants, and it's got that sort of spiritual message. I wasn't quite able to make out what they were going for, considering how many hooks and all the drums and stuff, but that was definitely up there for me. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the chants uh, that they had in this song, and uh, some of the other ones, too. That was a really cool, um, absolutely unique aspect that you definitely do not hear in those times. Yeah, Niji Jance was, yeah, that that was like a real fun psychedelic vibe sort of thing. Definitely, like, definitely something that I could really like vibe out to while, uh, well, hanging out, like you know, uh, doing uh, doing some smoking, doing some trying things out. But like, it was really, it was. Uh, that I I would definitely say stand out one. Definitely a definitely a strong strong song coming out of that yeah. album. Yeah. But I definitely would have to um, see. Uh, how did you feel about the sun never shines on the lonely? So, yeah, sun never shines on the lonely. That one was probably lower down for me. Uh, more, it goes into more of like the hippie pop folk type thing. But really, in sort of a slightly off-putting way, just with the schoolhouse rock style melodies and stuff, and the lyrics—they were a little bit unclear sometimes because it felt like sort of realign your harmony type stuff. But also, like, if you're having misfortune, misfortune will just keep on piling on you. So it was—it was like probably confusing to me, but like not like. Bad, bad, but definitely one of the weaker tracks. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say another strong one for me um, would be uh, Jericho. Oh, that was good. Jericho was good. Yeah. I, I really like the lyrics of it. Talking about this rough, poor town that is, you know, just a real, like, uh, real like rough difficult place to grow up in had to be you had to be tough and like so uh, it was all like uh it, it's it's very interesting that one kind of like some of these some of these songs it could definitely tail out to be like yeah no it's fun to listen to jericho jericho definitely like made me sort of like stop and like listen like, oh oof, there's some uh, there's some rough stuff going on in here yeah definitely 
pretty heavy. But like yeah, it still had like that nice like sort of definitely that definitely that psychedelic feel that you could kind of like chill along to it as well but like definitely definitely makes you stop and uh stop and listen while you're doing that too yeah yeah definitely sort of got i would say sort of i don't know like more on like the soul side of psychedelia you know like side of the family stone or isaac hayes you know this very it's kind of funky a little bit a little bluesy, but it's, it's definitely one of the standout tracks on the album, I would say. Uh, other songs, I really like the first track, "Message from a Drum," that was just had really nice guitar and flutes with that simple drum beat and the like, very poignant lyrics about you know betrayal and suffering and. You can just kind of hear it in their voice, like, had very nearly weeping quality, the vocals on this one. They're doing the yeah. big it hooks. It works. It gets you. Yeah, it really does. Like, they... There's, there's a lot of strong emotion in it um, that this kind of hits you it just makes you think like wow that um it's tough to it's tough to heal from that kind of stuff isn't it like really that makes it really makes it sit back of like the the sort of pain that goes through like they're definitely a definitely contemplative it's a contemplative album that has some heavy stuff that you really need to think of while also putting you in a relaxing state of mind that allows you to do that as well. I really like the vocals on this one. Yeah. It, kind of, it really gets that emotion. Yeah. When You Got Trouble, that one was a little insubstantial because it's basically just that one big hook. And it's yeah. Very, eerily prescient it's sort of a basically a test trial for come and get your love but i mean it's a good hook so <laughs> yeah it is a good hook but i feel like unfortunately it, the song can't be i mean it doesn't quite hit into the super memorable from that one hook alone sadly yeah yeah like once you've heard when you got troubles it's like all right Fun like, song. Five times. Like Repeats it a few more times. Like, all right. <laughs> I, yeah, when you got trouble. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that one. Uh, one Monkey was, uh, was a pretty fun song. How'd you feel about it? I did like One Monkey. It's sort of another... It's got a feel-good vibe, as a few of them have. Got some good organ. Got a good groove. And it's just, you know, like a lot of the songs on here, and a lot of songs on Journey, uh, just making it through the hardship. Because it's just like, even though things are hard, end up going to work, one trouble isn't going to have to, isn't going to be able to stop you. It's one monkey. Don't stop you. Yeah. So. One monkey. Don't dance. Yeah, it is, um, yeah, it's, it is interesting to talk about 
role in the rich man's war. Like, I wonder what that's supposed to mean exactly. Like, oh, Vietnam, probably. Yeah, probably Vietnam, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's 1971. Um, it's, it's it's Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. It's just like. God, yeah, what war could they be doing? Ah, uh, yeah. Eighteen twenty. Probably going at the time, wasn't it? Yes. But yeah, like, no, definitely, definitely a perseverance song, making it through the hardship, and I just kind of, I, I do kind of like how this is one where I do like how they repeat the phrase over and over. Again. I feel like it really nails that in of just keeping going and stuff. No, this, like, not letting. Not letting stuff keep you down. Not oh. ending the show, so to speak. You just keep it. You just keep it. What, uh, which, which one should we talk about next? Yeah, uh, don't have a whole lot of big notes left. Uh, I don't know. Did, did you have this much on Vader some... emotions? Uh, I, I liked, I, I definitely liked emotions a lot. That's... Once again, like, uh, contemplative, like, I wouldn't exactly call it, like, super, uh, uplifting or anything, but, like, uh, I like, it's a, it's a simple song in a lot of ways, but, um, I, I kind of like how it goes through, goes through, uh, all the strong ones and just like, yeah, you just go into you just going through this uh, in a day, you know. It'd be love, hate, pain, shame, all that stuff. You're just, oh, just um, all the stuff you deal with, you know, in any passing day. And it's, uh, it's definitely contemplate on loneliness. I can kind of imagine it's someone like coming home, like it's been a rough day, it's kind of feeling like disconnected from people, but just like sit back and just. Thank him and that stuff, and like let it flow through. And uh, I feel like the song is uh, kind of like uh, kind of good for that. It almost be like a drinking alone sort of song, which probably shouldn't do. <laughs> but if uh, if one were to, this would be a good accomplishment. Yeah, pull out on that one, but yeah, that sounds good. Weirdly enough, I didn't have as many feelings about fate, despite how long, good and long looks. Yeah, fate. I felt. I think if any song was going to be their longer psychedelic jam, it should have been Niji Trance. Like mm, I could have listened to the Lizzie Niji Trance for six minutes and be like, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Fate was yeah. like, eh. It was, it was okay, but it was just like not really grabbing me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any kind of right. grab. You have an entire album. It's not every good. Not all of them are gonna like catch you, so to speak. That is fair, but you do kind of need to be able to catch them if you're doing. Once you hit that six, like once you get past five, it sort of needs to catch you. you know? That's a good point. Yeah, and then there are the two micro songs that I'm not sure why they put them in, but yeah, like the first like, one, like, are they just riffing and they recorded that? <laughs> I, I guess, and they're not riffing very well. Like it's all disjointed and 
I guess it's yeah. jazz. And then it's done. <laughs> yeah, I guess they needed extra tracks, I guess. Yeah, Max Phillips and Perico were very interesting. I, I don't... I, I'm not even entirely sure how to feel about them. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting breakup, though. It's an interesting way to break up their songs. Yeah. Kind of so, uh, solid divider between. You divide this uh, album almost thirds using those, um, using those guys. But yeah, I, I don't know. They're there. What I'll say. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good album overall, and I definitely would recommend. It's uh, thank you for digging up this uh, nugget of gold in the old mines. Yeah, I, no I, would, I would not have come across this one without this, uh, without you uh, pointing it out to me, having me uh, listen to it for the show. Definitely a good, uh, a good way to good way to spend my time and try out some. New old music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dim, if you enjoy, you know, the late '60s sounds. That were like it's got a very good cross section and blend of them. All the different styles. So, if you want some of those, check it out. All right. Well, sounds like that's about all the time we have for today, folks. The albums we listened to were "Escape" by Journey. And uh, which queen of New Orleans message from a drum by Redbone? I'm Caleb Clark. I'm Jordan Neen. And thank you for listening to the Billy Shears Club. <laughs>